0: You get ideas, you get excited, and then it, it, it fades. Like, I feel like that has been so common and consistent in my life that I get this crazy excitement about something, and then it dies. This just clutched me. Every day I'd wake up and I'd be like, it's, it's donut time.
1: <laughs> I bite into this beautiful circular pastry. And I get the perfect balance of rich, thick, flaky dough, sugar, and a burst of flavor. Most recently, I had pomegranate. It is delicious. I eat these slowly and with intention, because this is what it demands. It's one of my most favorite treats in Portland, and I usually have a little bit of trouble deciding which flavor I want. I think that's a good problem to have. You may know the woman on this episode from her offerings at local stores but you wouldn't necessarily get to know her backstory eight years ago lee had just gone through a divorce her daughter was seven and they had moved from florida to maine she was working at a pizza place in portland bartending and she was dating the owner
0: he was a foodie and very generous very creative lots of ideas And we did some traveling, we did a lot of wine drinking, we did a lot of gourmet food eating. And my life had turned into this sort of abundant, very indulgent new lifestyle. He had given me this permission all of a sudden to drink wine, eat food. And so starting to date him opened up the side of myself that really allowed no limit. And I suddenly was craving donuts. It sort of symbolized the concept of indulgence and giving in and allowing. So I was craving donuts a lot, talking to him about food and ideas, and one day he said, you should open a donut shop." And it just, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I said, oh, I am in love with that idea. But the thought of making donuts, eating them, and sharing them with people just charged me from head to toe. And it was literally a light bulb moment where somebody gave me advice what to do with my life and I actually took it. You get ideas, you get excited, and then it, it it fades. Like, I feel like that has been so common and consistent in my life that I get this crazy excitement about something and then it dies. This just clutched me. So we're sitting there and he says, yeah, she use potatoes, make donuts, sell them. And I, I was stricken with excitement and energy, but also kind of a fear and a sense of great idea. I have no idea where to begin. i have never run a business. I don't bake. I don't really cook. I don't have kitchen skills. I've worked in front of the house my whole life. I am currently a bartender at his restaurant. And I said, that sounds cr- crazy, exciting, and I'm starting tomorrow. Every day I'd wake up and be like,
1: it's, it's donut time. <laughs> So Lee goes to a bookstore. She buys a donut book and she starts writing down recipes on little pieces of paper. She makes donuts every single day for three months. She said she tested them on herself and her friends and pretty much anybody who was standing still. She said some were okay and some were hardly edible.
0: And then I hit on a recipe with potatoes and I ate them and I said, this is good, I want more. Donuts every day, making them and practicing. And that was the start of the business. I took a dozen down the street to a coffee shop and said, would you sell these tomorrow? And they said, sure.
1: The coffee shop says that they'll sell them for $5 a dozen. And then she went to a couple more coffee shops and they all said yes. And it wasn't long before she became her own wholesale donut business. She was making nearly 50 donuts a day all on her tiny tabletop fryer, just four donuts at a time.
0: So then my dad jumped in to help. He said, you can't afford to pay anybody. I'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. I'll deliver all your donuts. I was
1: like, oh, what?
0: Who does that? I said, okay, fine. So he showed up at 6 a.m. And then for the next five years, never missed a day. He just was my volunteer donut partner. It was a big turning point and a big boost from the universe of help that said, you're on a mission, you need help, I'm your guy. He is and was my donut angel. And then I knew in the back of my mind that having a physical brick and mortar shop was the goal. I just wasn't sure how that was going to happen. Nobody would give us a loan. Everybody said, no, 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 no. We just don't do that. We don't just give money to people. I said, but, but it's donuts, and people like them, and I'm selling them. And I didn't really have a, a ground to stand on to really go to the next level. But I, that wasn't stopping me. My mother jumped in. She loaned us that amount of money, just a small amount. And uh, My dad and I rented out a spot on Park Avenue, which is still our first spot. Just threw it together. We rented it out. I still felt like this is the right thing to do. I still do not know what the heck I'm doing. I have no business opening up a bakery, but it's happening. He and I renovated the whole shop ourselves, no help, no money, and opened up for business in March of 2011.
1: Just kind of said, we're gonna wing it. Lee and her dad opened the first Holy Donuts on March 16th, 12 days later, Food writer Meredith Goad published a review in the Portland Press Herald. The next morning, there was a line all the way out the door.
0: And I remember I'm standing at the fryer because I cooked, I made everything. I, there, was no, there were no employees except we had a cash register person. And I'm flipping donuts and the door opens and there's a swarm of people. And I say to my, my dad who's shaping them next to me and handing them to me to put on the fryer, I say, don't turn around. And I froze. <laughs> <laughs> I'm flipping donuts. I was like, oh, sugar, what are we going to do? I don't, I don't know how to make donuts this fast. I don't. So, line out the door, and it has never stopped. And then it was frantic and intense like that for a couple years. Dizzying. That weekend, we made like a thousand donuts on a Saturday, and I remember selling out within a few hours. I thought, this is awesome. This is amazing, but I'm freaking out. I don't know what, I don't know how to handle this. I don't know, it's a very overwhelming feeling. It's not easy to do a handmade product at high volume from scratch. My brain doesn't work that way. I like to just think about creativity and flavors and more emotional stuff versus the nuts and bolts of cranking a business. It just were two opposing parts of the brain trying to make that happen. like we're a factory, but yet this is my creative passion, but yet we need to crank them out at high volume. It was like, where do you start?
1: And now a message from our sponsor. I love hearing stories about giving ourselves permission to enjoy the simple pleasures in life and how the universe unfolds in perfect order. I was really inspired by Lee and her story about how she leaned into her desire. You would think that accepting things that are beautiful, getting support, and having good things in our lives would be easy, but I've witnessed so many women, including myself, pull the emergency brake right as things start to go in the right direction. Rarely does simply wishing and repeating happy affirmations cut it when it comes to clearing blocks to joy in our life. That's why I'm happy to say that my friend and personal fairy godmother, Jen Moore, is here to help. She gets it. She knows what it's like to want something so bad only to come to a grinding halt just as the momentum starts to build. Helping other empathic women move obstacles and claim their life's desire is what Jen is really good at. So go to empathicsafety.com and get a copy of her ebook. And now, back to our story. About a year and a half in, her brother-in-law approached her. He announced that he was going full-time donut. He quit his corporate job, and he had a wife and kids. Her sister then stepped in. Her mom was investing, and so was her cousin. And her dad helps her run the place. This has turned into a family affair. So now I've got this
0: heavy feeling of oh my goodness this better work because everybody's riding on it it felt really heavy it felt like a blessing to have everybody help but still I have a lot of anxiety that I deal with and it just felt like loads of pressure like can we really all ride the donut wave and like retire Not to mention the day-to-day operations. You know, there'd be a day where we'd be slow. We'd sell out by noon and that would give me incredible anxiety. Or we'd be really, really dreadfully slow because there was a snowstorm or it was a Tuesday and it just was a bad day. And there was no limits on where my anxiety could take me with this at the beginning. It all felt really personal and emotional. If someone came in and didn't seem like they were excited about the business, it was crushing. It just felt so, like I said, personal. Everything about this business felt like it was my heart and soul ripped open.
1: So Lee's life has become donuts. Her family has a whole lot riding on the business. And meanwhile at home, she has a preteen daughter who she doesn't have a lot of extra time for while she's trying to make this business happen.
0: And she's, she's 15 now. She still says that she felt slighted and partially neglected. All of these really intense things that she was experiencing while I'm really trying to make this thing work and get it off the ground. And i would be defensive over the past few years. I said, well, I had to do that. I had no choice. You know, I had to start my business. I had to give it all. I had to get up at 5 a.m. and leave you to a child that feels like all of a sudden mom's attention is elsewhere. And it was. It was that robot mode of saying, it's go time. I need to make this business work because I don't want to bartend for the rest of my life. I want to live my passion. And it's going to take elbow grease and hard work and no sleeping." And it's going to have to happen that way. And I'm still going to be the best mom I can be, but I'm not going to be perfect at
1: both. So running a business isn't a fairy tale. There's a lot of trial and error and a lot of anxiety. There's also a lot of sacrifice. But through it all, Holy Donut is thriving. They grew to three locations. There's the original one, and now there's a shop in the old port. And an additional one, the next town over, in Scarborough. We have a thriving economy from tourists who travel from all over the world to here, Portland, Maine, well all over Maine, but especially Portland. It didn't take long before these travelers maybe had a donut or two and went home and told their friends. Before you know it, well, the New York Times are sending people her way. The independent newspaper, yes, the one in London, tells people to eat these donuts and get one quick. She's written up in Fedora's Travel, CNN's Eatocracy the Boston Globe, and Elle magazine. And then, of course, Bon Appetit gives her an entire article as well. Yesterday, I got my AAA magazine, and on the front was a donut. I knew they would be talking about the Holy Donut in there, and I was right. The Holy Donut is no longer a little local secret.
0: Looking back, there's not full retrospect, because I'm still in the middle of the story, but the retrospect is pretty clear already, and now more so at this point. that life reciprocates when you go into anything with your heart and soul. That's the crux of this story is that when you put your heart and soul into something the universe responds in kind. And supports you and cheerleads for you and sends you the right people and gives you green lights. And this business has been all green lights. People say, isn't it so hard working with the city for permitting? Isn't it so hard finding the right people to work with you? No. I'm just sort of, it's now like in the flow of it, which is just a confirmation that, yep, there's something to this that, that is purposeful. It's my purpose.
1: I've been to each of the three locations, and I may see a mom and her kid, or some college buddies, or a banker. All of these completely different people are just there seeking a treat. For a moment, they stop everything and they just enjoy it. These places are always full of smiles because suddenly the donut is really all that matters.
0: They symbolized something to me so profound. It was about pleasure and enjoyment and sweetness and getting them out there and letting other people taste them and saying, have a treat. Let me help let me let me bring you something sweet let me brighten your day it wasn't just like a product or a job idea it was something deeper it was the symbolism of what donuts meant to me at that point in my life which again was letting go indulgence pleasure eating what i wanted without restriction without dieting without limiting myself without telling myself that i'm gonna get fat it was it was just bigger concept of allowance it was exactly that sense of nostalgia people constantly still come using my grandmother these remind me of my grandmother I that all the time so it's a deeper emotional connection to again the childlike treat the old-fashioned sense of the donut shop it smells like cinnamon and sugar and deep fried and comforting and It's okay, I can allow myself a treat for five minutes and slow down.
1: Lee talked about how every time she walks into one of the shops, she still gets emotional. She put so much of her heart and soul into creating this work. And her dad, this amazing man who was full of love for her and who tirelessly gave of himself to help her succeed, she ended up losing him. To cancer.
0: He symbolized love and support. He was unwavering, consistent, incredibly helpful, positive, and my greatest cheerleader. And I couldn't have done it without him. He set me up for a really awesome life. His help to me has a crazy ripple effect. We have 80 employees. I think most of them like their job. We have growth. My brother-in-law and my sister have a great life too, and not to mention the customers, the vendors we work with. So little things really do matter in this life. And so he was my business partner and my dad, but the lessons I've learned are so profound of how important it is to have support in life and to give each other love.
1: You know, it's one thing to give your love to someone else, but it's even harder to love yourself.
0: It was love for me saying, I can eat donuts. I don't need to be on a diet all the time. I love myself for how I love my cravings. I love my life. And I realized what did donuts really symbolize to me? What does food symbolize to me? What does pleasure and allowing and non-restricting symbolize to me? And I said, it symbolizes to me hope. I've always had this thing with food. Since I was a teenager, I started to have this weird relationship with food where I thought, I really love it, and I really want it, but I shouldn't have it. A horrible contradiction in the brain, that some of us struggle with it, which I did full force. And I finally realized, obviously, it's not about food. It's about having something to look forward to, feeling hope. That I wake up every single morning, I what is there good to experience today? Because I really need something good. Like I, my soul needs it. It needs joy and, and, and pleasure and indulgence and to feel good about life. And then of course sharing that with the community, saying if I'm allowing myself to eat donuts, I'm gonna give others permission to eat donuts. And I think that's part of the emotional excitement about the business, is that we're saying, every magazine you read says don't eat donuts. And I'm saying eat donuts. <laughs> When you allow yourself a little bit of joy, whether that's playing outside in the river or riding a bike and not feeling silly as an adult or eating a donut or letting yourself dress up and having whatever, we can let ourselves just let go a little bit. We're all still so like controlled and restricted. I think we all want to let go a little bit. Yeah, Just live, which we, we just, we don't really support each other in that very much. In this culture, it's more like get it done, go work look good, keep your shit together, <laughs> don't scream at your kids, <laughs> um, be normal, <laughs> make a good income, look good in your jeans, make sure your hair looks good. You know, all of these things that we keep ourselves so tight to make sure we, uh, we are okay. What I, what I really want is to feel okay, and feel happy. Deep down, it's emotional. It's not about whether I have pizza or salad. And that's still a really hard habit to break. You don't have to diet
1: and fix yourself to be happy. But it also does get back to like this idea of like you offered something that gives people joy in their day. And that one small piece of joy is that reconnection to childhood and their their family or their grandmother who used to make this thing like there's this there is this connection back to feeling joy or happiness and that can come in so many different ways you've just given people one way yeah it's the only way i knew
0: starting with a donut <laughs> just
1: about life that can be gleaned from Lee's story. One is that we just need to give ourselves permission to enjoy life. And that could just mean eating a donut that brings us real pleasure. Giving ourselves permission to really enjoy life and the people that matter most. The other lesson here is the universe has our back. That if we work hard toward our dreams, fill our lives with goodness, kindness, and hard work, The universe notices, Lee talked about that, about how things fell into place, that it was kind of magical at a certain point. They couldn't believe that while it was hard work, it was pretty easy. Not that our life will be perfect, but that we can find joy along the way. And what really is better than that? When you put love into the world, it also means putting love into yourself and letting yourself do what makes you happy. Even if it's just eating a donut. like to thank the amazing and tireless work of stephanie cohen my producer the fabulous theme music is from keith kenneth and if you would like to see the portraits of lee or learn more about how to support the podcast you can find out all that information on my website jendeanphotography.com and just go to the, Gar- the gardenia project tab and you will find it all there until next time bye